for buying a new phone doesn't have a fucking headphone jack that's the future we are for wasn't it taking away features from us fucking piece of shit ah, sorry for that rather uh, aggressive intro um, I'm back making shit podcasts um, because because I should be um, cause technically I'm supposed to be a journalist um, I know you wouldn't believe it but I am um yeah, sorry, I'm just a little bit testy because I've just come down from uh, a daily classified search for a used car and my god, that's a depressing thing to be putting yourself through on a daily basis because um, like all good car enthusiasts um, shock horror, I would love to own a car and uh, I currently don't um, mainly because I don't really need a car Um I have access to a van with my work, um, which covers my commute. Um, and I live in suburban Dublin, so I can pretty much get anywhere via public transport, walking, cycling. Also, um, driving is far better than all of those things. But uh, yeah, I don't need a car, but I love cars like you do, if you're listening to this, probably. And I just want one um, as a toy, something to play with, something to enjoy the tactility of steering and braking and accelerating and just taking me places I may or can't go um, by other means. Anyway, the used car market is just painfully depressing. Um, I know it's there's reasons for it. Um, you know, chips, the shortages causing new cars to be delayed, which means people are buying more used cars, so demand is higher, therefore the prices are higher. Is that a Scirocco or One moment. I know obviously in an audio podcast, if there isn't really any other form, um, you can't see what I'm... No, it's a, it's a diesel. Diesel Scirocco. You can't see what I'm looking at as I'm walking around. Um, but if I do see anything interesting, I'll po- post it on my Instagram account. Uh, car underscore no sore. So that's C-A-R underscore N-O-S-A-U-R. Um, when I set it up initially, it's something to do with bipedal animals or something. Um, yeah, because I was forced into it because my old uh, Instagram account, Reincarnation, which I thought was a great name, even though a lot of people thought it was Reincarnation, um, got hacked. Someone in Lagos logged into it with an iPhone. Um, I don't own an iPhone, and I also don't live in Lagos. Um, off topic. Anyway, yeah, anything I do see, I'll post on my Instagram account and I'll, I'll reference it. Reference it. Pod picks. That's a nice little term, isn't it? Pod picks. Um, so if you don't listen to the podcast, you'll be like, what the fuck is this shit all about? Um, but if you do, you'll, you'll understand. Anyway, I'm rambling again. I'm getting off topic. What was I talking about? Yes, the used car market. Um, yeah, the prices are insane. I have some money, not a lot of money. I have about five grand, put it that way. So I could potentially spend on a motor vehicle, which should be enough to buy something relatively interesting, um, be it a mild amount of performance or 
just something quirky. Um, but no, um, five grand now is about enough to buy you a 12 year old Fiat Panda, which in itself is an interesting car. It's a nice little quirky um, town runabout, is that how you would put it? <laughs> turn up somewhere, just turn up, not the vegetable turn right, because I knew it was an interesting car somewhere I wanted to look at. Um, yeah, um, but five grand for a Fiat Panda is outrageous because that's a car you could have spent, I don't know, 1500 quid on, even just a year ago. Um, so that's the kind of shit you're dealing with. Um, and when you do wander through the classifieds and you do see something interesting, you're like, oh, look at that. It's a, uh, it's a, oh, what kind of thing is an interesting car off the top of my head? I don't know. It's a Citroen Saxo VTS, but it's on fucking UK plates and I'm trying to register a, uh, a UK vehicle now because of Brexit is about as financially sensible as uh, investing in Bitcoin. Um, so, yeah, um, that's my little rant. Um, and that's why I'm out recording because I felt I needed to uh, let that out and kind of calm down a bit. So I'm out getting some fresh air. Here's the interesting car I was looking for. Um, I'll take a picture of it. It's either a, now I'm not up to date with my Toyota Starlets, but it's a, I want to say it's a, a second or third generation. Toyota Starlet. Um, it's been sitting in this driveway for, well, it's been consumed by the uh, the, the, the greenery um, that surrounds it, and it's very very rusty. The uh, registration plate is where it should be, but all the metal around it has uh, disintegrated and disappeared. It's a shame because that would have been it's an original Irish car. Um, I think it was yellow. Um, in its in its in its day, um, but yeah, it's now just returning to the earth, which is sad. Because um, if someone had spotted it a few years ago, it could have been saved. Um, but there's another interesting car on this very same street. Um, Gav said, "If you're listening to this, you do want to see what I'm look what I'm what I'm looking at." And um, I'll post these on Instagram. And um, there's this. It's a yellow yellow twenty valve turbo. Um, Fiat Coupe, which again has been sitting here for several years and is showing signs of decay. Um, has one of those, you know, ubiquitous, and um, we buy cars for cash because even the undesirable people have noticed it's been sitting here for a long time. And um, it does have a strange, I'll take a picture of the front of it as well, I'll just a picture of the back of it, and um, kind of like pseudo Ferrari 360 front bumper on it. Yeah, but that could be easily rectified, the rest of it appears to be standard. Um, but yeah, that's a sad sight. Really, it's a shame. I don't care about mundane pieces of crap sitting on uh, driveways and disintegrating. But when they're interesting cars like that, oh, it does break your heart, doesn't it? Um, yes. Anyway, that's it all that depressing talk about the used car market and interesting cars that people have allowed to uh, to be consumed by the earth. Um, let's talk about some interesting, more positive stuff that's going on in the motoring world. Um, I did write some stuff down to talk with you. So new cars that have come along in recent times. Um, the EV Abarth, Abarth 500 um, has just been launched, well launched, announced to the world. And a few journalists have now walked around with it. Um, Johnny Smith, he on the Late Break Show, and Smith and & Smith, which I'm sure you're all aware of. 
I did a video on it. Um, good looking car. It's, you know, I'll assume, oh, there's, a, there's an Airbath 500 driving by right now. The petrol one. Lovely car. There's a nice To go back to my classified search. They made a lot of them and they sold a lot of them and they were on sale for a long time. I mean, you can still buy the combustion powered ones. So, technically, that's a car. A used one should be attainable. But the prices of them have never, never dropped below the 10 grand mark, really, that I've seen. Um, there aren't as many here as there are in the UK. And as I've also just said, there's no point in bringing the car in from the UK. Anyway, I'm not going to go back into that. We, we, we've covered. I'm just going to make myself angry again. And um, the EV are Barth 500. Um, so the silhouette, the face, um, is obviously very familiar uh, to the to the combustion-powered car. It looks more like the regular 500 EV. Obviously, it's getting confusing. So it has a slightly as you would put it, and as Johnny put it as well, it has like a kind of a bad boy bonnet, where the, the bonnet line kind of cuts through the top of the headlights and has less of a grill than the combustion car because it doesn't need one, etc, etc. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, hmm. Number one, it's slower than the uh, current combustion-powered Abarth 500. Which is odd because the, the party trick of electric vehicles seems to be not 60 times. Um, so that's a strange starting point. Um, and also the, claim, the claimed range that they have is 150 miles or something like that, which isn't great. Um, but then, no, this stuff can be switched off. But the whole fake noise thing. So they have thing you know can be turned off yes but it makes engine noises and it will make engine noises as you accelerate and decelerate and even as you turn off the ev it'll go and it's quite loud because <laughs> it's being it's being pumped out you can hear it inside the car in the cabin obviously through the speakers which is not uh, something that's unfamiliar to combustion power cars as well these days and it's equally as depressing but it's also pumped on the outside through a, literally through a speaker underneath the car um uh, i don't know we don't need to make electric cars sound like combustion power cars i just think it's sin i understand that i need to make some form of noise on the outside so they don't just sneak up on you and kill you um if you happen to be crossing the road but matt prior of autocar actually got a prototype drive of the EV version of the new Maserati Gran Turismo and that makes kind of like an engine noise it's not but it isn't it's just kind of a it's an interesting kind of mechanical noise it's not too loud again you can turn it off I think um, it's not too much and it's, it's not it's not anywhere near as sonorous as the, the, the beautiful V8 that Maserati has been using for years in the Gran Turismo, uh, as they still do. I don't know, it's a V6 now, isn't it? Either way. I don't know. It just... It's a topic for, it's a, it's a topic for an entire episode of a podcast, but there's no need for them to sound like combustion cars. There's got to be some sort of, like... I wouldn't go as far as BMW have gone with the 
the i4 or whatever the hell their EV model is. I can't keep up these days. But they got Hans Zimmer in to compose noises and none of them sound good. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Um, I don't know. We should all just walk off into the sunset and uh, as uh, Matthew McConaughey put it in True Detective, we should all just walk hand in hand into our own extinction. Which we're probably doing anyway, uh, unconsciously. Because, um, ooh, ooh, we're going to save the world with electric vehicles. Don't know about that. Um, they're not exactly as clean as everyone wants to think they are. Not everyone. Just people who... The sheep. The sheeple. I'm getting off topic again. Anyway, the EVR bath. Um, the other noise it makes. Um, if you go above 20 kilometers an hour, it will play a rock jingle. Shit you not. It goes... Again, apparently a safety feature. So you don't run over children. Um, nonsense. Again, apparently it can all be turned off. So um, I won't get myself too hot and bothered about it. What else was I going to talk about in the motoring world? Where did I put my notes? Did I lose them already? Here we go. What are new cars? An actual interesting, an actual car with a new car. And there aren't many of them that I would actually buy. Um, the Toyota GR86. Toyota really are in a row in, uh, in recent years. Yeah, obviously the, uh, the Yaris GR, GR Yaris, where you ran it said, um, has been a runaway success. Um, cool car. That could be a homologation special, but then COVID came along and they never actually raced the, the rally version um, of the GR Yaris road car um, and you now the regulations have changed and they're hybrids and etc you, you, you know what I'm talking about um, GR86 which obviously is a replacement to the GT86 a car which I've also liked as well but I've only driven one very briefly um, people complained it didn't look power and torque maybe um, but it was a fun front engined rear wheel drive manual coupe sports car um, and there's just not enough of them in the world anymore um, and thankfully Toyota decided you know let's keep that lineage going by bringing out the GR86 and um, the only problem being um, they're only making well not making but they're only giving allocating like 400 right hand drive ones to the UK and Ireland um, and they're all sold I haven't seen any been flipped yet, which is strange. Um, but I'm sure they will in time. Maybe they will be um, Which it really is a shame because obviously, as I said, I like the GD86, but the GR86 um, has kind of resolved some of the things that people criticize. It's a better looking car, um, which I know is subjective, but I think we can all agree it's better looking than the GT86, which wasn't exactly a, a stunning looking car. Um, but it's also about a slightly larger engine, 2.3, 2.5, uh, four-cylinder Boxster engine, Boxster, Boxer engine. Um, so it has more power and more mid-range torque. Uh, so apparently it's even more fun to drive than the original one. Although apparently it's it's got it's on the, the GT86 came on Michelin Primacy's, it was, the, uh, the Eco tires of these on the Aventus, so it was 
it's, it's low grip, so it's very easy to poke it into slide. Whereas I think the GR86, they ditch that idea. And I think it actually comes on in the pilot sports. Yeah, I'll see a lot more sticky. And even with extra power, and it's a little less playful uh, than the outgoing model. But from what I've primarily also heard and watched and read, um, it's still a very, very fun car. To the point where I came second in the Evo car of the year this year, behind the, uh, the Maserati MC20, um, which is a car I actually quite like. Uh, it's a good looking car. It's a mid engine Maserati supercar. It's very pretty. Well, um, just would be a little bit flawed, but an Italian supercar should have its flaws. Um, it once puts a smile on your face when you're driving it. On the limit. Um, that's all that really matters, isn't it? And it's pretty, as I said. Um, which is all again, which is subjective, but I'll fight you on that one. Um, so yeah, I'd love a GR86, but I think the chances of me ever owning one of them is pretty slim, considering there aren't that many of them, and they're already sold out. Um, you could grey import one from Japan, it's more in Japan, and it is available in Japan as a Subaru BRZ, and not in the UK and Ireland, or in Europe at all, I think. It's a Subaru from this like they sold that system over here. Um, but you can, yes, you can get them from Japan. Um, and actually, I think you can get one landed for 30 to 40 grand. Now, I have no idea what it's like registering a car from Japan um, when it comes to BRT and tax, etc. Probably financially ruinous. But where there is a will, there's a way. Um, Unfortunately, my five grand budget would not stretch even to the uh, the, uh, the shipping costs. So uh, that's 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 out of my realm. Um, what other cars have been released as of late? Oh, the five-door long wheelbase Suzuki Juno. Um, yeah, it doesn't look right. It's too long, and like the rear quarter window. It's like, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, shit. Um, we need to put a window in. Uh, someone quick, get the fucking, get it. Sorry, excuse me, I'm burping. I'm not going out for my dinner. Apologies. Not very fresh for me. Um, yeah, let's get the angle grind out. We need to put another window in. Um, yeah, like, what? The whole point of the chimney is it's small. And, you know, the little mini short wheelbase G-Wagen, as, it, as it's kind of known as. Um, but... Either way, the uh, the five door Jimny won't be coming to Europe anyway because it doesn't pass EU six or seven is sixth emission regulations because of that shitty 1.5 four cylinder engine they use. I don't know why they don't sell it over here with the uh, the K car turbo. Maybe that doesn't meet our emission laws either. So you can get it in Japan with a little 660cc turbo. Um, actually, there's one of them. I have a picture of it somewhere else. Post that on Instagram as well. There's a white Jap import, yeah, K car esque uh, one that lives near me, and um, so it's got the, the narrow body without the um, the second body. This doesn't have the uh, the wheel arch extensions. And it's got skinny steel wheels, and it's a manual, and it's got the the 660 turbo. Um, yeah, but yeah, the Jimny as a passenger vehicle both in long wheelbase and short wheelbase is no longer available in Europe. Um, 
So I assume, if you know, you can still buy a Jimny um, here, but as a commercial only. What do they call it? The L LCV, like like commercial vehicle. Um, so it doesn't have any rear seats. Um, I don't I don't think they'll be doing uh, a light commercial vehicle version of the long wheelbase one. I could be wrong, um, but either way, uh, you wouldn't want it because it looks shit. Um, I think this. Oh, and then last new car thing I'm going to talk about. Yeah, the run-out model of the uh, the Renault Megane uh, RS. I can't remember exactly what they called it, the Megane, or something with something extreme. So I don't know. Some Google it, you'll find out. Yeah. But the only reason I bring it up is because, unfortunately, mechanically, there's nothing nothing revolutionary about it. You essentially get the uh, the trophy. It's the cup car with the trophy. No, sorry, it's the trophy car with the cup chassis and all the other add-ons. And um, so it's basically a run-out special with all the flim-flam that you could you could option on an RS Megane. It's got some fucking body trinkets and different wheels and graphics and shit. Like nothing, nothing that will change the performance of the car. The run-out model, um, and let's be honest, it's probably, probably, it's most certainly probably the, certainly probably, that makes sense, um, the last combustion-powered um, RS Megane. It could possibly be the last combustion-powered RS Renault ever. Um, it could be the last Renault Sport product in itself, because I think any more performance-related um, Renault products will be biased as Alpines. Probably going to be electric. Because, um, like, I saw a new Megane yesterday, which, one, didn't even know existed. And um, it's obviously... It's a crossover-esque kind of thing. It's a large hatchback on big wheels and tray suspension. Interesting looking car, I must say. It is. It does look rather cool. I'm not even sure if it's electric. Anyway, but it wouldn't. Would not. Would not lend itself to be a hot hatch. Um, and that's sad. Because, although, apparently the last that last generation, the GAN RS, wasn't the be-all and end-all of the lineage. I'm sure it was a cracking car driven one unfortunately and um, but obviously the previous models going back to mark mark one again or else but yeah they're all great i'd have any i'd have any Renault sport product to be honest but again all of those if you can find one are outrageously priced and out of my budget because again Everything is too expensive. Motorsport. Let's talk about motorsport briefly. Um, I will, at some episode down the line, um, discuss Formula One. Formula One's so hot right now. I'm sure there are people listening to this. If there are any people listening to this, we got into Formula One through Drive to Survive, um, which, again, I will we'll probably go on a rant about that at some point. Um, but I will go into Formula One. In further detail um, as the season approaches, which isn't far off from the car launches that are going to be in the next couple of weeks. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to talk about Formula One. What I am going to talk about now, because it happened this weekend, uh, the Monte Carlo Rally, the WRC. Um, I love rallying. Rallying is fucking brilliant. As a spectacle, it's fucking great. Um, the, the, the outgoing cars, they've changed the cars for this year, they're hybrids, they're 
slightly less aeronautically funky as it ends up my doubt. They're still very fast and have the most incredibly trick suspension, how they can do the things on the surfaces that they drive on. Um, boggles the mind. Um, but it doesn't matter. Even even seeing someone's ha- home-built one-liter, I don't know, Toyota Stars, which we saw one earlier, in my mind, just stripped out and got trick tires on it, ripping along a tarmac road uh, back in the nowhere. It just looks, it just is, just a great spectacle. It's the one motorsport I could really see myself getting into as a competitor. Again, if I had the money to do so, because there's not such a thing as cheap motorsport, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, yes, the Monte Carlo Rally was on this weekend. Um, slightly less snowy and icy, thanks to uh, the lack of snow that we've had in Europe this winter. Um, thanks to global warming. Not global warming, climate change, global warming. The French term, really. Um, but yes, so the Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo Rally happened this weekend, and Sebastian Ogier won by I think, 18 seconds from the reigning world champion, uh, Cali Robin Perra, his teammate at Toyota, again, Gazoo Racing Toyota, um, as we've been discussing, arguably the greatest Toyota or some of all, generally. Um, even their mundane cars, the, the, the fucking crossover thing they do, the HC or H or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, and like that little Igo X thing, which is an Igo kind of looks like a crossover, but it's not. Anyway, they all look great. Um, yes, as far as we on the roll, cool for me. But anyway, so yes, Sebastian Ogier won the Monte Carlo Rally. I think that's the eighth or ninth time he's won the Monte Carlo. Sebastian Ogier does not get the plaudits he deserves. Everyone knows who Sebastian Loeb is, and rightly so. Sebastian Loeb wasn't, was, and is an absolute legend. And obviously competing in the Dakar this year. Um, he finished second, I believe, behind Al Atia, who um, is a dominant force in Dakar or last year's spinning. I'm not talking about Dakar. Um, Sebastian Loeb won nine uh, World Valley Championships, consecutive World Valley Championships before he retired. Um, Sebastian OJ has won eight. And the big difference between Sebastian OJ and Sebastian Loeb. Um, well, one, Sebastian Ojai is still competing, even though he did say he was going to retire at the end of the 2021 season. He did a few rounds, a few select rounds last year, and now he's back again doing a full campaign. But I think he does want to get to that precious nine World Rally Championships uh, that Sebastian Loeb has achieved. Ojai is currently on eight. Maybe he'll even go further and he'll beat Loeb's record and get 10. But the big difference is uh, Ojai has won is eight championships, three different manufacturers. He won initially with Volkswagen, and he won three or four with Volkswagen, um, then he won a couple with Ford, and he's won with Toyota. Uh, so, whereas Sebastian Loeb, he won all nine of his with Citroën. Now, it's not taking away from Sebastian Loeb at all. It's What he did was incredible. He, he wiped the floor with everyone who was competing during those uh, nine or ten, eleven years he was in uh, the World Rally Championship. He just was a force to be reckoned with, and still is. He competes in all sorts of stuff, as a Dakar, and he does some circuit racing, some endurance racing, and touring cars, etc., etc. But OJ, everyone knows who Sebastian Loeb is, but nobody, not nobody, I'm sure plenty of you know who they are if you are listening, listeners. Um, but just OJ is just not, he's just not spoken about as highly. As Sebastian Loeb, or 
even the legend, the legend that was the late great Colin McRae. We don't get wrong again. Was an absolutely incredible rally driver, but Colin McRae, he was probably in a much more competitive era of uh, rallying. But Colin McRae only won one world championship. Sebastian Ogier has won eight, and after the performance, he led, he led the Monte Carlo Rally this year, start to finish. He never lost the lead, and as I said he beat his own teammate by nearly twenty seconds. That man is, is looking at possibly nine or more World Rally Championships, and he's just not. Now, it's partly because the coverage of the World Rally Championship is abysmal. You can't get it on television anymore. They do have their own um, uh, on their own uh, online platform, which follows it live and has great highlight packages. But, you know, if someone like even I would struggle to justify spending whatever it is, I don't know, a couple of hundred quid, 150 quid or something for a full season of uh, WRC coverage. We do have a, a, a YouTube channel which does put up uh, daily highlights after each after each day's stages, which covers the, covers the main news, but they're only like two, two and a half minutes long. Anyway, I just wanted to have a little rant. Sebastian OJ deserves your attention, and I'm going to try and keep my finger on the pulse with the Worldwide Championship uh, season this year as much as I possibly can. Um, I probably won't subscribe to their to their online uh, uh, platform because I just don't think I can justify it. Um, well, maybe I, if I did pay for it, maybe I would. Um, I'm rambling. Check out Sebastian OJ. Just just give him a Google. Watch some of his stuff on YouTube. The guy's a legend. And he deserves your praise. Um, okay, I'm going to start ram- uh, wrapping it up here now because I'm on a half an hour and this is definitely not being of the highest quality. But do excuse me. I haven't recorded many podcasts ever, really. And the ones I did in my previous uh, my previous guise's reincarnation, um, they're all right. I'm sure there were some good ones. Some people didn't. Some people didn't. Most people didn't. Um, but I have to push myself to do these things. And if you don't do, you won't succeed or something along those lines. Um, I'll wrap up. I shouldn't. After all my rambling about how shit the classifieds are, I'm going to try and make a regular thing of uh, giving you a classified find of the week. Um, and this week it will be a uh, it's a Dublin built because um, something I never knew until recently. Um, Percy Place in Dublin, if you're familiar with it, um, it's just kind of just off Baggett Street. Um, Percy Place used to be, I think, the European um, headquarters of British Leyland. Um, and British Leyland had several factories in Ireland, one of which was a Morris factory that was in Dublin. So there is a Dublin built Morris miner on uh, Dundee. I'll, I'll try and post the link uh, on the social medias. Um, as I said, car underscore no sore on Instagram. And I just go by JohnnyQ86 on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's so it's a Dublin Dublin built on a Dublin reg uh, with its old brown log book, uh, Morris Miner. Now, it does need restoring, um, but it's certainly not the worst, you know, restoration uh, advert I've seen on the classifieds over the years. Um, the, the the person selling it does say the engine does turn over, and the bodywork certainly got some holes in it, but it's far from unsalvageable and body problems for Mars miners actually aren't that difficult to come across and um, there's a good 
a good kind of uh, community of people who keep that shit going. M- maybe not so much in Ireland, but you will find them. But it's 950 euro. And the fact that it's the condition that it's in, and considering the market, and considering the fact that it's an Irish car, which is quite, which is quite cool. Well, it is cool. Irish built, Irish registered car. Yeah, 950 euro. Now, obviously, I'm not going to do it. I'm not that stupid. Um, but it's not the means or the talent to restore a car. But someone, someone should save that car. Because that would be a cool thing to have. If I saw that at a classic car show, I'd be like, that's cool. And I wouldn't be the only person. Um, also, what I'm going to try and keep regular is uh, I'll recommend you a YouTube channel to watch. Probably car related. Sometimes it might not be. Um, so to start that off, what I'm going to recommend for you is M539 Restorations. Uh, losing the name. What he does, uh, it's by a guy called Sretan. He is a Serbian man who lives in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, speaks fluent English because he made his, uh, I assume he made his cash in the States because he's now a full-time YouTuber. I don't think you'd get into full-time YouTubing. There's some sort of financial security behind it. But he he saves old BMWs, generally from you know, the, the, the mid-late 80s to the very early 2000s era. He has about, I think he has about 12 projects on the go at the moment. Um, ranging from stuff like, you know, a V7 Alpina to um, uh, an 850i uh, 8-series, where he's actually transplanted. He found... Uh, BMW made a few uh, E38 7 Series uh, with a hydrogen-powered V12. Now, it was significantly down on torque and power compared to the combustion engine, but cool thing. But he managed to get his hands on one of the engines, and he's using the block uh, as like, kind of like a brand-new block. The block and the pistons and the valves and stuff, it's brand-new. It only has 5,000 kilometers on it. It's like a brand-new engine. He's using that and then using all the ancillaries and stuff from the engine that was in the 8 Series. And that's, this is what he's currently working, working on at the moment. That's why I'm talking about it. He's putting that into the 8 Series. It's, an, it's, a, it's a manual 850i. Um, and he's hoping, he, might, he said he might get a port if he, can, if he can find something to do it. But anyway, I'm rambling again. It's a great YouTube channel. He saves all BMWs. And I would equate it to, if you ever watched James May's show, The Reassembler, it's just slow TV of a man with exquisite attention to detail when it comes to fixing vehicles. He doesn't leave any stone unturned. He only uses OEM parts. His cleanliness, everything, he just, he's the person I would love to be if I had the patience, but I don't because um, I'm a lazy bastard. Um, and that attention to detail also goes into the editing of his videos. He's all, he does it all himself. The work on the cars and the editing of the videos was all done by him. Um, and the editing of his videos is absolutely immaculate as well. He just puts so much effort into the videos. Now, because of the, the amount of work he does in the cars and uh, the editing of the videos, his videos tend to be once every two weeks, and it's worth it though. And they're they're good. They're solid. You know, forty five to an hour long. He's an entertaining guy. As I said, his attention to detail is brilliant. So, if you have any interest in BMWs, or even if you just have any interest in cars, I'd highly recommend watching. Sorry, excuse me, I'm burping again. M five three nine restorations on YouTube. Check him out. And then lastly, one thing I'm going to try and make a regular thing of, just to kind of you know, spruce things up a bit. Um, probably the only one thing I love, as much as I love cars, is music. So I'm going to try and recommend a song at the end of each episode. 
because you're probably listening to this on a smartphone, I assume, if you're listening to it at all. And uh, so you can, once you're finished listening to me, you can then listen to the song I recommend. And the first song I recommend is a song called Final Form by an artist called Sampa the Great. Um, she's an incredible uh, lyricist, rapper, rapper lyricist. Um, and the hook in this song, uh, the chorus for Final Form, is absolute earworm. It's brilliant. It's a great song. So check that out. Final Form by Sampa the Great. Um, so if I listen back to this and it's worth posting, which is, I can already tell myself, is, is arguable, um, I'll hopefully have it up this evening, which is uh, Sunday afternoon. What are we at? We're actually 30, just over 36 minutes, um, which is, if, if you've lasted this long, fair play to you, um, if you're listening at all. Um, it's Sunday night now, so I'll try and post it this evening. Um, when I last started posting podcasts, it would go up on Spotify and Google, no problem. Um, I used to post them on YouTube as well. Um, for some reason, I had a lot of trouble trying to get them on Apple Podcasts. So if you're an Apple Podcaster, I do apologize. Um, don't know why I'm apologizing, because if you're an Apple Podcaster, you wouldn't have to listen to this. Um, but yeah, they wouldn't go up on Apple Podcasts for some reason. Um, but yeah, I, I might try and post them on a Thursday um, going forward, because just because from my own um, observations, I do listen to a number of podcasts myself. And uh, Thursday just seems to be a slow day for podcasts. So I may as well post them on Thursdays because you might have no other podcasts to listen to. So you might, I might have a vague chance of people listening to it. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now. And um, if you have listened to this, um, thank you. I'm, I'm willing to take any constructive feedback. Um, be kind. I am only, I am learning. And I understand, you know, things will progress as things go on. I hope the wind noise, wind noise wasn't too bad on this. Um, I did have a wired microphone that I was going to use. Um, but for some reason it doesn't work. Oh, I know why it doesn't work. My fucking phone doesn't have a fucking headphone jack. Sick. And um, so I'm using it via my uh, my wireless headphones, um, which might create a bit of wind noise. Um, of course, John, you could solve that problem by not recording your podcast outside. Um, but I find it easier to ramble while I'm moving around. I think sitting by myself, talking to myself... Um, I don't think it would work as well. I don't know. I'll give that a go sometime. I'm rambling again. Um, so yes, if you have listened to this this far, um, please do subscribe to my uh, to my podcast. Like and subscribe. That's the thing you're supposed to do, aren't you, aren't you when you do these things? And uh, I'll try and keep them going. I'll try and uh, improve the quality as we go on. And let's see where it all goes. I'm also going to try and start writing again. Because I haven't written in probably over a year. Um, and I'll probably start making some videos again. Because again, I've been doing that. I did make a few shitty videos over COVID simply because of nothing else to do. But I think maybe I'll do it. As I said, I am technically supposed to be a journalist. It's what I did do in a former life. And it is what I have my qualifications in. So, uh, you know, we all should reach for the stars, as you should. Romney again. Thanks for listening. I'm going to shut up now. Goodbye. Bye. You can't.